So let's start with this fight with Joanna and Michelle Watterson. I'm going to refer to her as Joanna because I hate to butcher and disrespect somebody's last name. So we have a main event here, but these numbers seem pretty lopsided for a main event and suggest that this fight was either put together on name recognition or simply, in my opinion, to rebuild Joanna. Either way, this fight does seem to favor Joanna in so many ways. Prior to the former strawweight queen losing her title to Rose Namajunas, she pieced up every top contender in front of her. After stopping Carla Esparza and Jessica Panay, she beat the next four opponents, including a one-sided beatdown of Jessica Andrade. With the exception of being rocked by a punch of Carolina, I'm not going to butcher her last name, but ex with that exception of being rocked by that punch by Carolina, she looked unbeatable. Then she ran into Rose twice. Couldn't find success there. Rebounded with a win over Tisha Torres. Then the division was sort of held up by Rose's inactivity, causing Joanna to move up and wait for a shot at the flyweight title. She was unsuccessful here as well, being beaten by the second best pound-for-pound -pound female fighter in the world, Valentina Shevchenko. Many people, myself included, think that a move to flyweight would be a better division for her. She seems to drain herself to make 115 and admits it affects her performance. Now with Li Zhan as the new strawweight champion, I can see her motivations for wanting to stay at 115, but I still think the freshness of fighting new competition at flyweight is much more exciting, not to mention healthier for her. But she does have a fight against Michelle Watterson that should not be overlooked. The keys to Joanna winning this fight is she has to get violent. When she was champ, she had girls shook before the fight started because they knew how violent she was. She may have overplayed that a bit outside of the cage, but she seems to be more focused on bringing the violence back within her actions. Secondly, she has to be able to manage distance. She's had some amazing performances, but none more impressive than that against Jessica Andrade. She battered her with everything and the kitchen sink from her range. Joanna has got a stellar lightning fast jab and quick leg kicks. She would need to use that to maintain the range that she wants. Once she establishes that range, she can then begin to pour it on. The last three rounds of her fights tend to get worse for her opponents because she's so good about establishing range early and going for the kill later. I can see that very well happening in this fight. Michelle Watterson looked incredible against Carolina in her last outing. She looked determined, sharp, and accurate. Prior to that, she won two very close decisions, one to Felice Herrig and the other one to Courtney Casey. However, prior to that, this is something that I don't like. She was out-hustled by Tisha Torres and simply beaten up by Rose Namajunas. What I do like is that the rumor is that Michelle asked for this fight, which means there's extra motivation, and she sees something in Joanna that she's not intimidated by or impressed with. This is more often than not a good thing. Even though the odd makers see it one way, she sees something differently. Perhaps she saw what Rose was able to do to her and feels she can duplicate the same results. Michelle comes from a camp that prides itself in strategy, and that's really how Rose got to Joanna, strategy. Surely, Michelle and her camp see a strategy that will work. As for me, here are the keys that I think Michelle needs to do. Now, Michelle is a very skilled and cerebral fighter. In this fight, she can't think too much without doing, and she has to start early. In the rounds where Joanna may be looking to establish range, Michelle would need to score on her and not allow Joanna to be sharp in the later rounds where she's most dangerous. The problem with this is that Michelle is better as a counterfighter than a leading fighter. She's got great footwork and kicks from both stances from the, from the range, but at that range she's going to be at 
She's got great footwork and kicks from both stances, but that's still at the range where she's at a disadvantage. She has to get close to Joanna, and I think her biggest advantage will be on the ground and in quick scrambles. The problem is that Michelle is more of a thrower and a tripper, which requires upper body control, and that's going to be difficult to get close to Joanna's upper body without eating leather. Michelle may need to incorporate some lower body shots to mix things up. Lastly, she has to get Joanna's respect, and that means she's got to touch her early in the face and make Joanna respect her power if she does have it. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Cron Gracie is the slight favorite here, which does kind of surprise me considering he only has five MMA fights in which he has been perfect with all finishes. I won't question him being the favorite, but rather I'll offer my own suggestion as to why I think he could be. It's not solely because of his family name or his perfect record, but rather the fact that he's been surrounded by the Diaz brothers and Gilbert Melendez for so long and has probably seen many different looks of this contemporary style of MMA in which I'm sure he's made the necessary adjustments to his old school style of jiu-jitsu to be more effective. There are some hiccups though. The best guy he beat was, no not Alex Caceres, but Kawajiri. Many people don't know Kawajiri because he's kind of an old school guy, but he is the best guy that Kron beat. But that was under different rules that allotted Gracie a 10 minute first round which is a huge advantage for the old-school BJJ style, both physically and mentally. Of course, he did school Caceres quite easily, but Cub Swanson is a different animal. The keys to Kron in this fight, he will obviously have to get this fight to the ground without taking much punishment. This can be tricky. He's going to want to get the fight down as early in the rounds as possible to give him more time to work, even though it may look bad to the new-school American audiences. He might even resort to jumping guard. It worked for him against Kawajiri, and it may be the easiest way for him to get this fight on the floor, and early. But he just doesn't want to spend too much time in a firefight with a puncher like Cub. Once he gets it down, he will need to tie Cub up immediately to keep him down. Cub will be savvy to most traditional positional holds, so Gracie will have to threaten him early and often on the ground with submissions. Cub Swanson is physically as tough as they come. Sometimes you do have to question his mental state when entering fights, which can make it difficult to trust his performances. Coming off four losses in a row, you might question his motivation. Honestly, this could be the moment he's ready to win at all cost. He didn't look bad against Shane Burgos. He didn't look bad against Brian Ortega. He moved his feet well. He stopped Ortega from taking him down and forced Ortega to stand and box with him. And Brian Ortega is the most similar opponent to Gracie that Cub has faced. However, Ortega showed that he can box and he has a chin, which made it difficult for Cub. Either way, in order for him to win, he has to be motivated to win. Coming off four losses in a row can be demoralizing and have an effect on your confidence and your ability to win. First and foremost, he has to have the drive to win. He said some BJJ schools refused to train him because he was fighting a Gracie. He has to allow that to motivate him to be dangerous and do damage in this fight. 
He also has to move his feet. Calvary is older and doesn't move well and allowed Gracie to tie him up, and eventually Gracie was able to pull guard and get it to the ground. Cub cannot allow Gracie to tie him up. He has to strike and move. You would have thought Caceres would have done that, but I think he just may have underestimated how good of a BJJ player Kron is. Lastly, Cub has to allow the five minutes to work in his favor. Kron has had success with dealing in longer rounds because he can be patient and wait for the guy to make mistakes. In a five-minute round, this style isn't as effective. You have to be more aggressive offensively. And if, if Kron isn't very good at striking or closing the distance and the time is running out, he will be forced to use his offense, and he's going to make mistakes in the process. This will favor Cub a lot. I'm Dean Thomas. This is MMA Math, and I'm dropping knowledge.